Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is a Heart and Hand production. everyone and welcome to the crow pod and as you might have guessed by the accent i'm not shane because shane isn't here yet we had to move recording time from a normal one and the smart money is on him having forgotten we hope to <laughs> join us throughout the show uh we are we are hopeful uh, again we've we've spoken before when myself or my fellow uh, Crowpodder Todd doesn't make it, then fair enough. We've been held up or we're late with Shane. There's always the, is it fatal worry? Mm-hmm. Um, but Todd, Van Allen, great to have you here as always. And um, we're, we're just going to have to make do it. We're, we're a bit like Rangers in Europe last night. Uh-huh. We're missing some big names. Yep. We've just got to go with what we have. And there's going to be two minutes in here that are completely un- insufferable. Um <laughs> There's uh, uh, I hope Shane joins us. Uh, Shane is missing a Zoom trapped under his fridge. That's that would be my guess. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's my guess. Machine. You and I, we've been held up, right? Yes. You know, so, something's out. Our internet's down. Something mm-hmm. along that. Uh, a call has, has overrun. Right. Shane is currently holed up at Waco, Texas, mm-hmm. having a fight with the, the alcohol and tobacco and firearms right. department. Uh, I think I, I like picturing Shane running around his backyard with a hornet's nest trapped over his head. Yeah, it's like no, no, no police is going to take me alive. You know, that's my that's my worry right now. Um, that that's the thing that that has, and I'll feel awful if I see if I turn on CNN later and mm-hmm. they've got you know the helicopter and they're over the compound and we go live uh-huh. to Rockford. I'm going, oh right. shit, I forget. And, so. Hopefully, at what point point is Shane just going to move to Florida to just save us all a bunch of bother? Yeah, I mean, and they'll change the name to to Shane Man. Yes, Um, (laughs) uh, I think we've all we've all hoped for that, but we'll we'll try and make do as best Mm -hmm. we can. You know, the 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 Cedric Hitton and Scott Wright of the of the Crow Pod, right? We'll do, we have a talent anyway, you know. I mean, he's, right. he's hanging on our coattails. Mm-hmm. You know? See when he joins, I know I'm going to be all Shane. Shane, you know? oh, but, not the same without you, buddy. Oh, yeah, come oh, on. We, we missed you so much. We oh, just we, we did our best, but it just mm-hmm. wasn't the same. But yeah. uh, no, we've, we've plenty to to talk about as always. And first things first, I don't like to complain, as mm-hmm. you know, right? right? Yes, you're very solemn in that regard. Yeah, I'm stoic. Stoic uh, is the word that I'd like to go for. Shut up, sure. just go. Right, just go. With it. 
Yeah. Right. I'd do it for you. Just fucking go with it. Um, well, last night mm. I I dropped something, and mm. it won't surprise you to know I decided to pick it up. Uh-huh. I think pretty. You're with me so far, right? Mm-hmm. So I bend over. Yep. And I didn't. I didn't bend with the knees. I will admit to that, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, bent over, and a fucking bomb went off mm-hmm. at the top of my my right buttock, <laughs> all across my lower back and right down my left leg. Mm-hmm. And since then, been tremendous lower back pain. But also, I'll I'll, I'll be standing. And my leg will just give way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm at the... It made me realise I'm at the, the stage at the, the bending over is dangerous stage. You, know, yeah. you can get injured in the house stage of life. Mm-hmm. I, I once... I, that happened to me once uh, in my sleep. In your like sleep? When, yeah. Like I woke up one morning. I was like, okay, I'll get up. No, I won't. And it was <laughs> something happened during the night where I have no idea what happened. And it, it then struck me as like, how fragile is man that sleep mm. can kill him? Like, I don't understand in the least. Um, by the way, if so it sounds like if I had to guess, not, you know, being a doctor or, or you know, even seeing you in the flesh to see, you know, what the issue is, um, it might be sciatica which is what yeah, I had so. for quite a while cuz there was there was uh, I was watching TV with my with my family at one point just kind of lying on the floor and this is when I found out I had it I turned around and went who the fuck kicked me <laughs> and everyone's just sitting there going what are you talking about it's like someone kicked me in the back and I was like no one did that son and uh yeah so I went to the doctors and it's like okay you're going to be stretching for six uh for six months now yeah. so that's what yeah. you could be in for you could be in for a lot of uh, fake yoga and well, the problem is, is I'm not the most flexible of sorts at the best of times. So, yeah. you know, but um, as we were talking, because we're at the age where I think we talk a lot about backs. Mm. Right. I mean, again, you know, barbecue, World War II, back pain. Those are, <laughs> those are the things that we talk about when oh we're at this stage of our life. That is, that is the uh, log line for this podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> barbecue, yeah, World War II, back pain. The crow pod. That's you know that that's all of us really. You get to a stage in life, right? And if you've yes. you've you know worked, worked reasonably hard, and you do okay, and you're reasonably comfy. I mean, you we have first world problems, and for us, our generation, our, our problems are those three things, yes. uh, or our, our 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 concerns are based around those three things. So, um, I've I've kind of hit that stage already. And you and I were discussing just before we came on air that. You go to, you know, you, you say to people who don't suffer from it, and I sincerely hope you never do, folks, because it isn't mm-hmm. fun, in all honesty, right? But you say to people, and they say, oh, what did your doctor say? And we were laughing because your doctor will say, yeah, that, that's a shame. Fuck all I can do. Um, mm-hmm. Here are some here are some pain pills. Um, get used to it. Because, you know, they, they can't operate because your spine, you know, slightest error and you could be paralysed. So they won't do it, which is sensible unless you're absolutely, you know, immobile and it's worth the risk. Mm. Um, and you, you just have to manage it and get on with it. But if nothing else, it lets me complain about things. And I, I do enjoy a good a good complaint because <laughs> one of the things about the Internet is that they've made complaining less cool. You know, everybody laughs at stupid complaints or mm-hmm. local newspapers, you know, with a sad person photograph of 
man found dead bird in street council refused to remove it and it's the man <laughs> pointing at the dead bird with a sad look <laughs> on his face you know so they, they've taken that away from us but but now i can have a grumble and just go oh, you know what it's like the the old back letting mm-hmm. me down but uh i was just so bizarre i'm like la 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 la, la. quite happy because you know mm-hmm. we, we, you know, with Stephen Davis's last second goal, really, yes. not last minute, had mm-hmm. had sort of cheered me a little bit and, and made a defeat really feel a lot less sore than a defeat normally would be. Right. And uh, I'm quite happy. And then just boom, and it, and it honestly was like it was like somebody had just hit me with a bowling ball that yeah. then rolled both ways simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so getting on as as best I can with it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so so well. We'll talk a little bit about the football then, my friend. You've you've just watched the game. I um, did. I had wow. I had I had family over, and there's nothing like. Okay, I am usually pretty good about maintaining radio silence, right? Like like I I am I am pretty good about like when I have things over the course of the day that need to need to get done, I can I will mute the phone. I won't look at it. I will, you know, and then, you know, when uh, you know, I get the get the OK from the missus, like, are we done? Can I go watch this thing now? She's like, yes, absolutely. And uh, I had family visiting from Alberta that uh, I was uh, entertaining. My folks came up big, big old, old party day, um, so, which took us right through lunch. So I wasn't able to watch the game. So it wasn't literally until I had cleaned up everything. So it's like 10 o'clock at night, 1030. So I'm like, now I can settle down, pour myself a nice drink, and then we're going to have this. We're going to watch this. And uh, already thinking about the money that's coming in off my bet, which was just a flat Rangers win away. <laughs> so simple, right? Yes. And uh, I noticed you guys have been messaging kind of back and forth. And so I just threw in, say, like, hey, I'm finally going to watch the game. And doesn't Shane just go, well, good fucking luck with that. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> come on. Yes. Um, yeah, and then you, so gave, you gave me the saving grace because uh, – uh, you said it's it, you know it's it's pretty crap until the last you know 15 seconds or whatever you phrased it, <laughs> and uh, I went okay well at least I, I know something so I just thought watching the first half this is just going to be turgid that's all it's going to be you know there's going to be a lot of missed chances and then the start of the second half happened and I went oh good gracious me the holy shit that happened quick and um, yeah I haven't it, it, even got my complaint tweet out about. <laughs> Before the second one went in, I mean, I was, I was genuinely my complaint about the first goal was was superseded by the second, which right. I don't recall. It's the worst two minutes under Gerard. There's no, no doubt about it. It reminded me of the uh, coffee pot scene in A History of Violence. Like yeah. it just immediately happened. You went, what the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if if the Rangers' defence for that kind of five minutes it, it got hit with a bowling ball yeah. in its lower yeah. back because oh my goodness! But hey, your I back think, is Rangers. My back, oh, is, yeah, no. absolutely. Yeah, oh, no. um, held, uh, well, normal. Well, Rangers last night anyway, but normally mm. they're a, a lot stronger than that. But yeah, <laughs> it was just it was quite bizarre. First half, as you say, turgid, right? I don't think either team were anything special. I think mm-hmm. Rangers looked rusty you know you could tell mm-hmm. at the start of a season you could tell they were into a season but yes. they weren't really creating anything Rangers were mm-hmm. holding them at bay quite comfortably and and I, I think I did say I think I did tweet you know if, if we can go up 10% here I'd be pretty confident which I would have mm-hmm. been but unfortunately we didn't they did um but even so you know we we played a part in our own misfortune no and question. they did recover I will give Rangers credit for that they did recover I st- you know, they still didn't play well, but they did recover, and to snatch the goal was was obviously very important. But 
I do think Malmo, not that we care and, and you know, we're quite grateful for it, but I do think Malmo must be thinking we we should have put that to bed because we were yeah. a bit shell-shocked mm-hmm. with, you know, in the 50th minute. We were kind of sitting like, how the hell did this happen? Yeah. And instead of going for it, I think they, maybe it's maybe it's nature, you know, maybe you just, oh, great, we're 2-0 up. Let's, you know, make sure we don't lose anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they then didn't come out the rest of their half and they nearly got away with it. But then in the last minute, you know, I always think if you invite teams on you like that without... Mm-hmm having an option to get out then you're kind of asking for trouble right and the and you could see it in their reaction as soon as that goal went in they just went oh we fucked this yeah right we've we've give we've given them a bit of a toehold now and now it's going to return to 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 ibrox and um but but at the very least they got some really nice accolades and support from uh, sports sound so that's okay you know wow. they'll they'll be able to they'll be able to take that home for those of you who haven't heard that um <laughs> sports sound last night like a lot, of the, the, were a couple of newspapers had already gone with their headline, uh, uh, their headlines out before the match had finished, mm-hmm. which strikes me as crazy. I, and I know the modern media, it's it's be first rather than be right. right. But you know, before the end of a match, seems <laughs> a little silly. Yeah. Um, and the initial headline on a couple, you know, the Daily Mail had you know a terrible night for Rangers. Uh, mm-hmm. The BBC had. Uh, you know, Rangers blowing apart and uh, Rangers Champions League hope, sorry, um, hanging by a thread mm-hmm. in, after result in Sweden. And then they changed it within minutes to right. Davis goal gives Rangers lifeline. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because it was it was so different. And Sports Sound, who were sitting, you know, just getting ready, you know, Richard Gordon's getting warmed up mm-hmm. to, to read our, our Champions League obituary. He was heartbroken at the goal mm-hmm. and, and didn't even attempt to... And you you mentioned to me any other national broadcast in the world does this for their champions in Europe? Yeah, can yeah can I wouldn't believe it. No, you know I, I just I, I wouldn't think that that would happen. You certainly wouldn't get an English broadcaster, um, you know, denigrating something that that stopped one of their mm-hmm. uh, that might stop one of their sides exiting the Champions League. It's just utterly bizarre. But yeah. Unless you're unless you're listening for the absolute doldrums that comes out of them when Celtic haven't got uh, anything going well, like when you, when you're just you know spite listening, it's fine. But it it uh, I was listening to the to the wrap up last weekend of like you know everything that had happened. And by the way, all my bets came in. New watch on the way. Well, and, that was my uh, first thought. As soon yeah. as that boy's header went in, I actually messaged you straight away, going yeah. to start checking out new watches, my friend. <laughs> Yep. For those of you who don't know, Todd every week puts on Rangers to win and Celtic to lose every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last season, he made enough money to buy a very, very handsome new watch. <laughs> but I like when when I was listening to the BBC on this, it's like, yes, I, I I know they've they've had a lot of practice when we were kind of away uh, to just talk about Celtic, but now they really have not forgotten. So now, whenever they mention Rangers, it's like a segment they call, and now we go to Rangers Corner. And then we talk about that for 30 seconds. And then now, now what is Big Ange doing wrong? And then Tom English comes in. Da, 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 da. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, it's, it, it's it, probably my favorite Celtic podcast. I got to say uh, to listen. Yeah. To. Um, see, I, I'm one of these really weird Rangers fans that doesn't listen to, to any of the Celtic podcasts. Yet. I get the highlights sent to me. So yeah. I, I, I tend not to 
to to need to do it. But uh, no, they're not they're not having the best of times at the moment. They have of course signed um, Joe Hart and James McCarthy. And to be mm-hmm. fair, what a team they are building! If they have a time machine that will go back to 2014. <laughs> There's absolutely no doubt that Celtic will have some, you know, Tom Rogic will be there, Lee Griffiths will be there, uh, mm-hmm. Virgil van Dijk will still be there. What mm-hmm. uh, a, you know. Um, we're and, about to, it, if that's the case, then we're going to get a whole bunch of Newcastle rejects dumped on our lawn in a wheelbarrow. It's like, here, oh, you fix Jesus. them, you know. Oh, Jesus. Uh, that still kind of hurts the, doesn't it? It just, your heart immediately kind of breaks slightly, even just hearing that. But yeah. no, it, it, it it goes back to something that I think happens a lot in transfers, um, but it shouldn't happen if you are a club, especially not a major mm-hmm. club. Celtic are going by the have we heard of them rule. Right. And Rangers did it not that long ago. Oh, Philip Senderos, he used to play for Arsenal. He must be good. Right. Nico Cranchard, well, we all remember Nico Cranchard. What a player he is. Yeah. And it's something that doesn't, you know, fans don't always get, but we're allowed to, which is that, when you're signing somebody, you're signing the that version of them, not one from a few years ago. And right. the the thing that rammed this home to me was Nuno Capucho years ago. Okay. Yeah. Because we'd all seen him for Porto against Celtic and he looked brilliant and we'd all kind of seen him for Porto really in Europe and knew he was good. And Alex McLeish had seen him that night at Parkhead. That's how he'd stuck in his mind. But you weren't buying 27-year-old Nuno Capucho. You were buying 30-year-old Nuno Capucho who'd suffered injuries. Uh, Jerome Rotten's another great example. You know, Mm -hmm. he he was superb for me. I was so excited because I never learned my lesson, (laughs) you know. Um, Jerome Rotten, I remember him in that Monaco team. He was brilliant and they got to the Champions League final and he was a big part of it. That was then. Mm -hmm. This was now. And it, it you know, just because it's the same person, it doesn't mean it's the same player. Um, but, you know, great. They, they've reached the, if we can get them fit, stage of the banter years. Right. There was there was also, um, uh, who, was, who was the big defender that we had that was like 45 years old, past his prime? One of them. Clint Hill? No, 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 no. Oh, God. Why can't I remember his name? God, he played. He, 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 he was like a really, really big guy. He was international, well past his prime. Oh, Bruno Alves. Bruno Alves. Yeah. Like, he was like, he was kind of like the, he, he was like the uh, stag's head above the fireplace of that. Like, he was just so old, so rickety, but still kind of had some game in him that he was able to, to, to kind of work with. But, but boy, oh boy, like, like, he was one of those guys I remember going, oh, maybe he could do something for us. And he kind of did, but not really. Like, like the age just kind of just got to him. But he's still sort of like, you could see sort of the desire in him. He just reminds me of like a 14-year-old dog that still wants to play catch, but hasn't got, but it's only got three legs at this point. Yeah. yeah. I, and the thing about it is, is as you say, you get flashes, you, you know, mm-hmm. because they are that guy. And you, you, you'll you get, Adam um, on one of our pods said that, brilliantly but he, he described the performance uh by nico cranchard as uh you know we're we're a bit light in midfield we, we've only got the ghost of nico cranchard in mm-hmm. there and it's true that there are echoes you know there are uh, you can you can occasionally see something and you go that's you know that's the guy but it, 
it's not the guy. It's it's this version of him. And yeah, fair play. And uh, you're signing Ireland internationals basically because they're Ireland internationals. Mm-hmm. They never, if they're not going to learn, then yeah, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Right. Um, but I, that's the thing. You know, last night was yeah, I don't even drink, and it was a bit of a sobering experience. But <laughs> because you know the Champions League is another level, even from the EL, it's another level, and we'll we'll need to get better quickly if we want to do you know do anything at it. But mm-hmm. uh, domestically, I still think you know we're absolutely fine. And and you and I again spoke about this before we came on air tonight. We missed twenty million rated Glenn Kamara and twenty million rated Alfredo Morelos. Well, yeah. no shit, Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We did. <laughs> yep. Um, and 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 again, like it, like it is. It goes back to that argument. It's like if you think you're going to coast this, you're not. And and this is you saw sort of like when that first goal went in. That's when they were like, oh, we just scored in the Champions League. Like that. That was the fire in the belly that they needed and they got. And so that's the level of perfection that we need to bring in. And yes. and, and we and we haven't had this is this is the highest moment that we we've had under Gerard right now. So uh it's it's a, a, a obviously it's gonna take some some time to get used to. This is not the Europa League, this is completely different. Um, because everyone has that motivation. It's like this, like there's a much larger carrot that's dangling at the end of that stick right now. So time to go. You know, uh, I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the about the second leg. Oh, it's me too. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that we'll, you know, you never know, obviously, and they're a decent side, Malmo. But yeah. no, I, I think that, you know, we, especially given the performance, we'll need to be mm-hmm. better. But I, I think we will be. Let, um, and I think we'll we'll do it. Let, let me ask you something. When that goal went in, how quickly did it take you to shut off your mind to say, uh, oh, good, an away goal? Um, <laughs> oh no! I didn't. Well, look, it's ingrained. It's been all my life, right? you know. I'm yes. 40, nearly 44 years old, and it's 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 always been there. Um, uh, and now I'm campaigning to bring it back, unless yeah. next week it doesn't suit us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Correct. yes, it, it, yeah. If we were to win three two next week, then great. I'm glad it's gone. Yeah. Um, if we were to to win one nil, then getting rid of it was a stupid idea no absolutely uh, yeah but uh, you know it's uh i i do get it i mean i do understand it back in the old days we'll talk about this you know in one of the shows the other day when you were going into eastern europe in particular um you didn't know you couldn't get videotape on the side you were playing you couldn't send a scout to watch them right. when you got there there was a, a really good chance they were going to poison your food so you <laughs> had to take your own you had to take your own um, chef with you uh, and your own ingredients to make sure that that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a real, tra- and of course, you know, uh, and we know this did happen. Teams would buy referees off. Yeah, um, that that happened a lot. So that's why it was introduced. And and the argument is it's gone. But of course, the other argument is it's better for big teams because it right. reduces the chance of a shock. And I think that the thing that that really did it was do you remember Porto beat Juventus? Mm-hmm. In the Champions League, yeah, with the way goals, uh, and I think that was because UEFA don't want they don't want clubs like ours in it. They want no, you know, the same twelve clubs every year, um, yes. ideally. So, yeah, they 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 changed the rules for that. But oh, Stephen Davis, so hey, we've said mm-hmm. it before, but, you know, I think it's time to award Stephen Davis a his wee face as well. Yes, 
Yes. Yeah, he's he's deserving <laughs> of it. But what I liked about it is Davo learns things, right? Do you remember last year played St Mirren in the cup and we lost? Mm-hmm. We were awful, very similar. Mm-hmm. And then in the 89th minute, he gets a he gets a goal that should have taken it to extra time, but we yep. somehow then contrive to lose a goal and get knocked mm-hmm. out in injury right. time. So this time he waits until there's 15 seconds left. Yes. They, they can't fuck nope. this up. From yes, there. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, Literally, the ref kicked off and blew the whistle. Right, yep. And Davis was like, yep, could have done it five minutes ago, but nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. Learned he's like, <laughs> magnificent human being. Uh, but no, I was, it was, see when it went in, see when I actually saw it hit the net, I don't know about you, but I just burst out laughing. I was yeah. like, Thank fuck for that. Well, and and that, here's the thing, it was kind of tempered for me because I knew something was going to happen. And yeah. so, you know, I didn't know whether it was going to just going to be like a McGregor fabulous save, like maybe a, maybe they got a last minute pen and he blocked and like something happened, right? Mm. Um, but I was more than happy to see like, okay, good, here we go. Shut off my mind. Hey, away goal. Shut up, brain. It's not this time. Not this time. Um, I was thinking of something like when you said the Eastern Europeans are poisoning your food. Um, I don't know how you are with uh, Henry Rollins spoken word stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a, you, you, you know the story about like, when he was touring Eastern Europe back in the, like, back in the day? And uh, I, I can't remember whether it was with Blackfire or, or Rollins Man, whoever it was. Um, he... Uh, whenever he would roll into a place, the food that he was given was just awful, just mm. absolutely gross and, 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 and horrible. So like, you know, it'd be like, what, what is the food today? The choice is fish. Okay. It's fish. And it was just like really kind of fishy smelling and gross. So he would just fill up on water and just drink water to fill his stomach. Um, and then halfway through the trip, he has, he has doubled over in pain. Like he can't move. And so he, uh, they get him to a doctor uh, that can speak English. He goes, uh, you haven't been drinking the water, have you? And he, <laughs> just looked at, and he just looked at the doctor and went, I had some. And uh, he's like, yeah, it's not drinkable. You're not supposed to have that. So now here we're going to kill the parasites are in you and all that sort of fun stuff, oh. whatever. And so he gets to, um, I can't remember how it transpired, but like finally he got a good meal on this tour he's like why can't this food be like this all the all all over the place and the tour manager looked at him and went somewhere in the rider it says you wanted authentic food of the location that's what you asked for you could have had club sandwiches and veal the entire time (laughs) but you asked for like i want the slurry okay let's do that so that you want the the local cuisine Mm -hmm. it it really just depends you know i've been to russia on holiday and Mm -hmm. some of the food is is great you know some of it was i really liked it some of it i'm like genuinely do you have pigs out the back and you just (laughs) brought in what they were having right and you know actual laughter uh there's no fucking way i'm eating this and and to be honest i just went no thanks and went and bought because you can get mars bars Sure. And I would just buy, you know, four miles bars and go, yep, that'll do me. Um, <laughs> cut, know, to, cut to David at the doctor's. You didn't eat the Mars bars, did you? Yeah, I Mars had some. <laughs> well, I did smoke some of the cigarettes, which, you know, I was a, I was a smoker back then when mm-hmm. I went. I, Jesus, fuck. No wonder that army won the war. Um, mm-hmm. My God. <laughs> You know, you, you smoke one of these cigarettes and they're just, it's like freebasing tobacco. Do you sure, know? yeah. It's like, holy fuck. <laughs> I'm like, and, and my wife was like, what, what is it? I'm like, I can't fucking see. And she's right. like, give me one of those cigarettes. And then she's like, hoo Yeah. <laughs> right. 
do you want to go running around Red Square naked? You know, it, it's just, <laughs> you can kind of, I mean, they're rough as fuck. It's the sandpaper on the back of your throat, but they also right. get you pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it depends. Yeah, I, I don't particularly like German food. Um, I don't know. And I thought there was anything wrong with it. It's just some weird combos for me. You don't but like then, boiled and fried things? That's it. Yeah, boiled is probably the, the, the everything seems boiled. And no, I don't mm-hmm. like boiled. I don't like boiled meat, and I certainly don't like boiled chips, which is something that seems strange. <laughs> oh no! Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, and you're like, shit. guys, there's this is not how it's supposed to be done. But then you know, I've been to like, Hungary, and basically all all you get are three hundred different kinds of goulash, right? Mm-hmm. But it's awesome, all of it. It doesn't matter how they do it because it's you know full of paprika. Yeah, lovely stuff. So it, it just depends on your taste. You know, the French can be a bit annoying about that because again, some of their food is is you know fantastic, and fabulous, and some of it not so much. But they're so fucking sniffy about it. Yeah, you know, uh, the, not the, everything is a croissant. It's no, I, oh, yeah. look, see, 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 patisserie, bro, it could could mm-hmm. live out of a patisserie quite yeah. happily. But mm. some of the other stuff, I think, you know, as, as Mike Myers put it, is based on a dare. Right. Um, and, and yeah, and of course, when you're there, they'll always say to you, ha, it is not haggis. And you're like, mate, <laughs> we, you know, we don't walk about in kilts. I don't expect you to be wearing a stripy T-shirt with onions, okay? And yes. a beret. That, so, that he is is nice, but we don't expect yeah. it. <laughs> they do do that in Normandy, which is quite, mm. you know, there's me trying to be all, you know, modern and inclusive and all the rest of it. You turn up Normandy and they're wearing the fucking stripy. They don't have the onions, mm-hmm. I'll give them that. But they've got the beret yeah. and the bike. And you're yeah. sort of like, okay, that's a mm-hmm. little odd. But then a friend of mine was, was over. He now lives in, in Texas, in, in East Texas. And uh, loves it. You know, works for a big company over there, moved for his job. And he's, he's Scottish. And I, I met him when he was back. He was over for two weeks. And he's become incredibly Scottish. Okay. More more Scottish than he was when he was here. Right. And I was like, you know, you you've turned into the dad from So I Married an Axe Murderer. Mm-hmm. And, and and he's like, well, you know, you you've got pride in your land. I'm like, yeah, but you you left it. <laughs> so I was, right. Yes. How much pride that you have in it? And he was complaining about not being able to vote over here and stuff. And I'm like, you've got a green card. You're an mm-hmm. American citizen now. You chose to do it. They didn't, you know, you know, the, Donald Trump didn't force you at gunpoint to move. He, he, you know, you might think he's he's not a good guy, but he doesn't do that. You you mm-hmm. chose to go there. But if he's got the house, you know, that's full of fucking tarp now, and he's bought two little Westie dogs, and they're called things like <laughs> Angus and Hamish. Sure, um, of course. Yes. Yeah, of course, right. And I'm like, seriously, you're, you're like a fucking Jimmy Shand accordion band album away from just being a foot. And he actually said to me, he's like, I, I, I need to buy a kilt. And I was like, what? And he said, yeah. I'm fed up renting one. Um, and I'm like, how often do you wear it? And he's like, well, quite often. And I'm like, no, this is this has gone far too far. Um, right. As I'm concerned. I've worn a kilt once in my life, and it was uh-huh. when I got married the first time, and it was mm-hmm. black. Which okay. turned, it, turned it to be rather apt. Yeah, um, that's how many ravens were released when you uh, uh, when you tied uh, the knot. Uh, it was a it was a uh, black black kilt, black shirt, black not a tie. What do you call those things? You know the what the bolo tie? <laughs> yeah, the kind of like the wavy. I don't know. They'll have a Scottish peculiarly Scottish name, but it's more like a kind of scar. But one of them. Okay. That was that was black and a grey okay. and a grey jacket. And, Did you have the could... Sisters of Mercy as your band? 
couldn't have been more appropriate for how that, that marriage turned out, frankly. Um, do you know, I, I didn't see my wife's dress, obviously, until, you know, the old sure. superstition, until she, she appeared. And she did look beautiful. Mm-hmm. But to tell you the kind of start we had to our wedding, she turns up and I was like, you look beautiful, right? It's a nice mm-hmm. opening line, I think. And right. she said, oh, thank you. You look good too. I said, oh, thank you very much. And then I said, you've got a fucking cheek wearing white right enough. But. The tone was set early. <laughs> can, can we put it like that? You know, the tone was the tone was set early and it didn't work out. But um, yeah, I'm Scottish and I've worn the kilt once, right? Once mm. in my entire adult life. And he's buying his own because right. it'll be more cost effective. And I was like, dude. So if you see a wee guy walking about East Texas going, the mm-hmm. piper is down. We have mm-hmm. a piper down. Then right. it's him. I uh, I can't really say anything because I actually have two kilts. So uh, why do you need two? Well, just in case the other one's in the wash. Um, why do you wash your kilt? Uh, dry clean like, it. You dry yeah. clean it. Yeah. Aren't they made of like raw wool? Oh yeah, it's 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 uh, it's a thing. And uh, you want you want to find a place that 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 is used to cleaning school uniforms. That's where you take your thing. Uh-huh. Um, I got the dress tartan to uh, get married in, and then I can't remember what the other function was, and I got like the McRae hunting tartan for that one. So I I have two kilts. Uh, the, there it is. Dutch. Yeah, yeah, half of me. Yeah. Yeah. Here's here's the thing. So like, it was a Scottish side that yanked me into into Rangers, obviously. So you know, at least there's that. Um, I get the, you know, you're in, a, you're a stranger in a strange land and you're missing your home. Um, but I wouldn't fabricate it. Right. Like if I, like if I move to, let's say I moved to Scotland. Okay. Yeah. You would have to know that, you know, there, there, first of all, I would love being able to go to Ibrox as much as I could. That would be lovely. Um, I would very much be, you know, you know, embracing the local culture as much as I could. But uh, holy cow, would you be invited over for a good old fuck off meal of poutine and pea meal bacon sandwiches when July yeah, 1st like, rolled around? Right. Yeah, I would I have like one day. Food. Yep. Yeah. You would you would you would uh, you would have your gravy and your curd on top of chips and that would be amazing and you know there'd be female bacon all over the place and you know See? and then my wife my wife would come in and go what about Italy it's like well it's not really uh, Italy day is it but you could yes you can do a porchetta so we would do a porchetta with that and then it's like yeah you I'm surprised because there is a business opportunity if you ever decide to move to Scotland Todd mm-hmm. that um, nobody has opened up a Canadian food place yeah. in glasgow because well fried food involving bacon and cheese and chips mm-hmm. trust me you'd make money yeah yeah that yeah, that's yeah. not going to be a hard sell to the denizens <laughs> of glasgow right? See, that's, we, we that's always thought about doing that in italy where in, in the town where where uh my wife's family is from but i don't think like and, and we were thinking about it, it's like i don't think they get their head around the gravy I don't think they'd be as receptive to yeah. it as we would be because we are, you know, we're a nation who's built for fried food mm-hmm. in unhealthy portions. Right. So, no, I, I think that there's a genuine there's a genuine opportunity there to to make a few quid if you ever do decide to do that, mm-hmm. especially if you you kind of sprinkle it with some of stuff from your other culture, your, your Dutch culture. Right. Uh, you know, you sprinkle it with some mood enhancers. Uh, <laughs> You know, sleep assisting <laughs> products. Yes. Uh, you know, that, that you, you would certainly do so, well. Might fall foul of the law, but you would I do I think well. so. What do, what do we call it? Roofing? Is that what we... 
Yeah, just just yeah. Uh, just, just put, put these little brown specks on top of it. Don't worry about it. Just you you know, eat them and you'll enjoy it. You'll get a sleep tonight. You will right. enjoy very much the the you know any comedy that's on TV tonight right. will will seem well, absolutely fantastic. I will know, I will know the degree of our listenership if one of these smokes pouteneries opens up in. Uh, in in scotland because the it's a it's a it's a franchise here in canada that doesn't like the traditional the traditional poutine is just fries cheese curd on top of that gravy on top of that like that's your that's your bread and butter flat that's that's your flat out that's your that's your stay-at-home poutine that's that's what you want but this place does like all kinds like it does like an eggs benedict poutine it does like uh it'll do like a um butter chicken poutine they'll do uh pulled pork they'll do a souvlaki poutine like they just basically go to all the other cultures around toronto and go right what's your dish okay we're gonna poutineify that so they and they are now opening all over canada i don't think it's gonna take a lot to get them over to the uk to be quite honest i think i think they've already got it well, uh, I passed last weekend. It was uh, hitting nearly 30 degrees in Glasgow. And that's mm-hmm. unusual. Right? That doesn't happen a lot. And it was very, very hot. Um, and, and proper hot, not not the usual shitty, humid heat we get over here. It was good old-fashioned dry heat, lovely. Mm-hmm. And there was a queue out the door of Taco Bell. So <laughs> Scottish people like like that sort of thing so no i think you would you would definitely make a few co- they they opened up a a denny's over here but it didn't do oh, no it didn't do so well yeah it didn't do so well which okay. um was a little bit surprising um but but most of the other you know things that have that have been imported are doing spectacularly yeah. well like um I, I i had a friend who bought a oh god what do you call it crispy cream you know mm-hmm. the, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He, he bought a crispy cream franchise um oh. Uh, as a sort of kind of you know post retirement investment, and it wasn't cheap, you know. For no, it's no, no, no. No, you you have to put in a fair old chunk. Um, but fuck me, he's making money hand over fist with it. Oh, so yeah. you know, I do think that there's a a definite market for that. But um, I have been going through my reading this week, and I thought I would read a little bit of fiction, and I want to talk about a book. I'd read it years ago, but I read the follow-up this week, but I wanted to talk about the original, David's Book Corner. For once doesn't doesn't involve Nazis. Um, (laughs) Well, it kind of does. kind of does. Okay, so tell us about Pol Pot then. Let's hear. Yeah. Have you read the 2008 book Kill Your Friends by John Niven? No. Right. This okay. book, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have, um, this might well be the most unpleasant book I've ever read in my life. The character in it is loathsome. Mm-hmm. He is racist, misogynistic, okay. bigoted, a right. murderer, okay. um, uh, exploitative, uh, mm-hmm. horrible. He's an A&R man for, okay. in 1997. So can I hate a Britpop? And he's an A&R man. And he is the most unpleasant human being I think ever. But fuck me, it's funny. I okay. mean, it's just absolutely hilarious. This this particular book, and anyone who's ever had certain experiences, well, put it this way: it made me very glad that I'm sober and clean um, these days, right? Because Jesus, uh, there's one bit where 
they're sitting in a hotel. You know, they've been taking drugs for kind of like two days, and okay. they're all sitting in their hotel room, scared to go out. And I just thought, oh Jesus, you know that way the curtains drawn and somebody going, I'm sure it'll be all right. Like, no, no, we can't, we can't go out there. We don't know what's out there. And I thought, oh my God, that, yep, been there, done that. Um, <laughs> but it's one of these things that you feel, and and it, that's kind of why I brought. Oh, we talk about that concept of guilt laughing, right? Where I'm reading, and he's a horrible bastard, mm-hmm. um, and and he's all the things that you know you and I would be against in a person mm-hmm. like i say openly racist openly misogynistic openly homophobic exploitative towards women uh just just a horrible horrible bastard but he's funny and, it, and yeah. it's kind of like that american psycho vibe where yes. it sort of turns you into a voyeur despite yourself which is quite a clever mm-hmm. literary trick and i remember reading american psycho yep and you know the bits that are deliberately boring you know the chapters where he's talking about Huey Lewis and the news mm-hmm. album, yes, or, yes, or what he's wearing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they go or, or like, describing his workout routine to, yeah, with immense detail. Ten yeah. pages, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, and you found, and I found myself flipping through it to get to the violent parts, <laughs> which is what they want you to do, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh my god, you know, this is very clever. You have turned me into a voyeur. You've yeah. turned me into a bad person because mm-hmm. I'm skipping by this shit. And it, it's very clever. This book is exactly the same as that. So I got the, the, the follow-up last night. And it's quite clear that the character, by the way, is Simon Cowell. Um, okay. Because it's it's 20 years on. And he has he's made million through a TV talent show. Oh, that sounds familiar. Well, the, the guy, John Niven, was an A&R man back in the day. And he knew Simon Cowell. So he gets a mention in, uh, in the original book. Um, interesting. I I mean some of the language I I I'm actually scared to to, to do quotes actually because mm-hmm. we'd get shut down it's that bad but it was really funny but interestingly I gave the book to my wife and I said read that it's really funny you really enjoy I love this book she fucking hated it she came back and almost threw it at me gave it to some male friends every one of them loved it yeah right loved yep. it as much as i did gave it to a couple of female friends they came back and they almost threw it at me mm-hmm. we're a we're a bad species oh we are males. yeah no. we, we, we're horrible no. <laughs> <laughs> we did we drag our dick through the dirt and we <laughs> just consume all of like, we are the bottom feeders to like yeah. like f- women like I, we just got out of shark month so i hope everyone had great celebrations women are the sharks like they know what they're doing they know they 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 know how to feed and we are like the plankton at the bottom of the ocean we are just like sculling around going oh this is tasty down here isn't it <laughs> like, that's all we do um funny you mentioned like books uh, being based on other things and and by the way i just wanted to tell you something like as i'm whenever something comes up and i was like oh i wonder what the uh, what the context is around this so i just googled kill your friends by john niven and the first sentence of the review on Goodreads is it tells the story of Stephen Selfox, an A&R man in the late 1990s, and truly one of the most despicable characters in fiction. <laughs> He's worse than Hitler, and, right? You know, and I read a lot about Hitler normally. No, all joking aside, he really, genuinely is probably mm-hmm. the most unpleasant fictional character out with Hannibal Lecter. Right? I have yeah, ever, yeah, yeah. I have ever come across, and and 
to be an A and R man and be that evil is right. is some achievement, really. Uh-huh. But uh, it, it kind of because you know back when I first read it, it would be about two thousand and eight. You know, I was I was working for a a music blog, and you know mm-hmm. you'd be around kind of some of these people like that, and I wanted to sort of move into that industry. And it kind of put me off um, mm-hmm. in a way because I thought I, I wouldn't survive that. You know, there's, there's just like I, at the time I was still drinking and, and other things. And, and I thought I'd, I'd die, you know, mm-hmm. if I did oh, that. Yeah. Whereas now I, I, I kind of read it back and I go, ha, 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 you know, oh, young, right. young fools. But um, it's, no, it's, it, the t- it's the type of book it, that it's it's kind of like filth when you start cheering for the tapeworm. That's exactly what it, it makes yeah. you cheer for the wrong side. Yeah, it it makes you cheer for the baddies. So, uh, so speaking of you know fiction based on fact, um, as soon as you said Simon Cowell, it immediately brought me to, and this was one of the questions we got last week, and I forgot about this film as well. What's a what's a movie that you really enjoy that hardly anyone has ever heard about? Whenever I bring this movie up, it is one of my favorites, and everyone goes, "Never heard of it." It's called Living in Oblivion. Are you familiar with this? Never heard of it. It is a Steve Buscemi film. I don't believe he directed it, but he, he is the he's the principal. He's the lead in this, and um, the it's it's uh, a movie about making a movie, and cool. and it is just staggeringly great. And apparently, it's it it's got this horrible like protagonist in it. Catherine Keener is in it as well. Um, she does a phenomenal job. Dermot Mulroney uh, is oh, yeah. fantastic. Um, uh, and it was, uh, I think it was written and directed by the, by the same guy. And he had based this entire movie on an experience when he was like a, um, uh, like one of the, one of the tech guys on a movie that Brad Pitt was in. And, ah. uh, this is all about that. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's like, like the entire budget for it is like half a million bucks. And it's just one of my favorite things is watching someone just go nuts trying to make a movie. And have you seen that that film about the Boondock Saint guy? No. What's that one? Oh, right. Well, basically, there was this guy um, and his name escapes me. Our listeners, I'm sure, will be able to point out. But uh, he he just sort of crashed into Hollywood out of nowhere. He sent a script on spec, you know, Tarantino Mm -hmm. style. To sure. Metamax, um, before the fall, <laughs> right, Metamax. Okay. Uh, and they signed him on, you know, the basis of this script to direct, and it was like a multi-movie deal. Um, and of course, that never happens. Right. That, it, it just it doesn't. You know, it's it's one of those myths about maybe you could get discovered in Hollywood in the fifties. It doesn't work like that now. Um, but it did. It happened for this guy, and he had a band in Maverick Records, which is Madonna's label, I think. Um, mm-hmm. They signed his band up as well, and Hollywood was utterly taken with this guy. And this documentary sort of followed him, you know, from his arrival in Hollywood at that moment for the next eighteen months. And he's an absolute prick. It had yeah. totally and utterly gone to his head. And in the end, he doesn't get the movie made with Miramax. They, they sort of go cold on him once, you know, they, they kind of realise we've made a bit of a mistake here. And he ends <laughs> up getting the movie made years later. But again, it's that torturous process of, of trying to get a film from conception through to delivered product. I mean, yeah, you can do it if you're a, a star. But I mean, even someone like Orson Welles, he spent a large part of his, his later life trying to secure funding mm-hmm. for his, his projects because people studios wouldn't give him control 
of movies, so so he wanted to to do them himself. Right. Um, and it's it, it, you know it, it can be quite quite a difficult thing because they're so expensive. That's the thing. Yeah. Movies are so expensive. The the and I can't imagine trying to get a movie made today. It's like you would walk into an executive's office and go, "I have this idea for a movie," and the executive just goes, "Great, which superhero is it about?" Exactly. And yeah. and then your conversation ends. Yeah, uh, the the idea of just being able to do that now, you know, as you say, just but do a half a million pound movie is is mm-hmm. uh, it's probably gone a little bit. You know, it's probably out the window. Unless you've got backers, unless you've got you know people that are willing to invest there. There's a great story about In Excess in the 80s because mm-hmm. In Excess had come through, you know, the punk era. Yes. Um, although you know they they weren't really a punk band, but they'd come they'd, they'd been involved in that sort of DIY. You get in a van, you go out and you tour, and mm-hmm. you know you you make an audience that way and that's what they've done and then of course they have the the big breakthrough success with the uh, kick mm-hmm. yes you know, there are other albums. i was and i was were... a huge fan of the swing but i get it shabu shaba yeah. was hot and Shibu cold Shibu but, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 but they, they built up and they're sitting in, and they felt sort of guilty um in a way about how much money they were making and because of course you know it takes you away from your contemporaries you know the guys that were in vans with you um yeah. And, and you lose that and you know michael Hutchinson said suddenly we've all got our own tour bus and you know the amazing rider and, and they felt a bit guilty as as a lot of artists for want of a better term do and they right. said Let, let's give something back right we'll, we'll not worry about you know getting the money back let's just give some money back uh and they all agreed that's a great idea let's let's in, invest in australian arts and they invested in this you know invest is the wrong word they were writing it off you know what i mean here's here's some money go away yep. and make your wee film and it was fucking crocodile dundee and they <laughs> shit loads of money right. from it. you know they, they, they you they're know, running into that thing with brewster's millions they're just yes. like oh no what's what's happening and it was exactly like that and and i remember seeing an interview with uh, the splendidly named gary gary beers who sure. was the the songwriter and mm-hmm. you know one Gary's is is one thing two Gary's just makes it yeah. um and and he said so you know we're sitting going oh we're feeling really good about ourselves you know we've just basically donated a quarter of a million dollars and it, you know we'll get this wee film out of it and we'll go to the premiere and eat you know hot dogs and or eat little sausages on sticks and feel good about ourselves mm-hmm. he said then then this movie's like the biggest australian movie of all time and you know, <laughs> just, you know we, we make shit loads of money um uh, and of course you know didn't didn't make them happy we all know right sorry michael Hutchins, unfortunately yeah the first of all i loved in excess as a band because uh you it was instantly a tell as to who actually knew music and who didn't because i would have people going through my record collection they go oh i love inks um not the best um do, do, do you know of the movie um uh dig the documentary yes brian jonestown yeah you got it it's a it's a perfect encapsulation of of that for the people who don't know. It's the dandy. It's a story about the Dandy Warhols and the Brian's jo- Brian Jonestown massacre, which on their day are great, on their worst day completely unlistenable. Yes. And uh, I'm I, I love the Dandy Warhols. I've 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 loved them since uh, since the beginning. They've kind of tapered off in my mind a bit, but they have some definite definite uh, slappage in their um, 
uh, in their discography. And I just love watching that movie from time to time because you have two bands on two different trajectories, each one wanting what the other one has. Yeah. And it's just, it's so frustrating. It's like the Brian Jonestown massacre. They go, we want to be as successful as the Dandy Warhols. And then the Dandy Warhols are like, we want, don't want to do this shit. We want to be like the Brian Jonestown massacre. We want to be credible. Yeah, we yeah. want to be credible. And I, I, it's, it is, it's a brilliant contrast. And there's a great old steady line where he sort of says that. And he, he, sort of, he says, uh, he was drunk and exhausted and he was critically acclaimed and respected. <laughs> 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 I, I, and that does, it sort of sums it up that, that bands that they get to a certain level there's a brilliant philip larkin line about the beatles that said um when you get to the top there's only one way uh, to go and that's down but the beatles couldn't get down and right. that's you know that, that that's true you can get to a certain, that's why something like magical mystery tour was such a bad idea because you know mm-hmm. you know we'll, we'll just drive about in a van and things will happen yeah you'll get mobbed because you're the beatles you know mm-hmm. and it's it's it it, it, it you're just taken out of it. You can't do certain things. You've got to make the trade-off that once you hit a certain level, short of releasing terrible albums, and even then it doesn't work because people will turn up to hear mm-hmm. to hear the hits. They'll turn up to hear the the old stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do what Radiohead do and you know release unlistenable dodges for yes, you know, ten years in the hope that they'll they'll go away. See when you were saying that about. The Dandy Warhols, um, band I love, who are in exactly that position now, are Weezer. Oh yes, I no I question. love most. I love the first two albums in particular. I really even like you know Malager and the the what do you call it one the the Green album as well. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all great stuff. Now every couple of years they release a record, and you put it on and you go, eh, yeah. and then you put it, you know into the the back into the cd box and file it away never to be never mm-hmm. to be done again and you go you're excited when a new album comes out because it means they'll tour not right for the actual record itself but because they'll tour and then when they they do tour you politely nod your way through you know the inevitable. <laughs> hey revels yay well but it's almost like encouraging a kid at a play you know you're like, oh well yep. done well done yeah, yeah. new song gonna hurry up and play Island mm-hmm. in the Sun, or or my name is Jonas, um, and and it is that that kind of, and it'll never change, and I don't know why, but it just you have it, and then you don't have it, and once you know, sick boy said transport, and once it's gone, it's gone, mm-hmm. uh, and it ain't coming back. Speaking of not coming back, um, I am now genuinely worried that Shane has in fact, you know, left us under this a yeah. Oil. Um, because I expected to at least hear from him during right. this period, but we will move on to the questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I think that, you do, know, that's the... Do let. Um, let me see. Have you got one, them? Uh, uh, yeah, I got them here. Um, one thing I, I, I did want to bring up, I had, um, uh, I was ta- talking with friends the other day, and um, I, I have never held George Harrison in a lot of esteem in terms of the Beatles. Um I remember running into someone who said their favorite Beatle is George Harrison. Yeah, he was the best Beatle. It's like he wasn't even the best Wilbury. Um, but I was I was told the story of like Yeah. Um I was told the story of like how he uh uh pranked Phil Collins. Do you know this one? No, go ahead. So he 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 contacted Phil Collins. And said, "Hey, I need you to do a drum track for me. You, you know, you can just do it from the house. Don't worry about it. Just you know, we'll send you the send you the stuff on top, and then you can you can do it." 
And so he uh, sends in the drum track and he never hears from him again. It's like, you know, months afterwards, he's like, it hasn't, nothing has been on the radio or anything like that. And he goes like, oh, this is so weird. And so he, he calls Phil Collins, uh, George Harrison and, and, and goes, um, or uh, Phil Collins calls back George Harrison and goes, did you ever use that thing? He goes, yeah, um, we didn't actually use it because it wasn't, it, we, it was unusable. He's like, really? He goes, yeah, let me send you the thing. So he sends back the tape and it's just unlistenable. Like he's completely off meter. He's like, oh my God, what did I do? Was <laughs> I drunk? Like what happened? And apparently what George Harrison did was that he just got his next door neighbor to come over and hammer away on the drums and said, this is what it came up with. There's a great story about uh, the Beatles that when they were recording just during the Sergeant Pepper sessions, yeah. John Lennon played Ringo a, a record and said, I want the drums to sound like that. And Ringo said, there are two drummers on that record, John. And he looked at him and said, yeah, but don't let that bother you. it's also up there with the time he asked george martin if he could make the song sound like an orange um i suspect there might have been drugs involved right no do do you think okay Uh, you know maybe all right let's start with this uh from uh dave 55 don't know why that number's there with transfer activity hotting up is there anyone from other podcasts that could come in and do a job on crow pod today yes um with shane's injury record oh my god this is so telling uh maybe we need some backup signed so apparently yes <laughs> yeah yeah we could yeah. do it is greg stewart still looking for a club mm-hmm yeah so, yeah be okay i have uh, joe rogan's welcome you know not that sure. i particularly enjoy his pod that much but he'd mm-hmm. bring an audience yes he would yes yeah, and know, we just and we just literally we just uh, let him sit there and go okay so now it's supplements corner uh, with joe rogan <laughs> and then uh and like and here's why you I, don't need to wear a mask and okay yep yep okay now let's talk about celtic see i love this that um you know people who yeah no way i'm i'm putting no way I'm putting uh, this, this vaccine in my body. I don't know what it is. Meanwhile, I'm just taking consignment of these uh, vitamins I've bought from a podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if we ever start selling vitamins, we're mm-hmm. at it. Right. Yep. Uh, don't get vaccinated, but definitely make sure you buy these. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, from Shatner's Bassoon. Great name just so fucking fantastic if ibrox rocks that's you created a 25 pound tier and every subscriber on the network signed up does that mean we can force every scottish team to wear heart and hand the rangers podcast on their sleeve would it be the ultimate shithousery hashtag spl hoisted by their own petard uh yes it would be it would be fantastic but in all honesty i would i would probably take the money and other things you know I'd, 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 I'd probably abscond with it um, sure so I, I can't but yes it's, it's quite funny rangers actually just as we've been recording have released their letter to the spfl which about this whole cinch thing and it says you know the reasons why rangers are doing it and it's because the spfl have breached one of their own rules so <laughs> yeah again the spfl are at it um they're so inept i mean it's, it's comically inept now yeah that these guys the, the the one i liked was murdoch mclennan saying you know our our chief executive and commercial team deserve so much credit for bringing this in during covid this sponsorship mm-hmm. deal and then you think well yeah they would have done had they brought it in but you went to 
an agency. You went to an advertising agency mm-hmm. to bring in sponsors, and you're paying them a hundred grand per year for the length of the contract. So your commercial team were a bit as involved in it as I was. Right. So yeah. yeah. Here's a here's a question. What's the dollar value of this? Oh, like, what does it co- what what does it cost to to, to sponsor the league? Uh, well, it's it's eight million, isn't it, for the okay for the five years, I think. Okay. You know, um, it, you, have you have you got that in the couch cushions? Is that not, is that something? Not, okay. not quite. Rangers took it off me for the media partnership. <laughs> but, um, I'd like personally, I'd like Vince McMahon to do it, mm-hmm. and they, they would all be running about with like you know mankind going over the the, the hell in a cell on their sleeve. I right. think that's pretty cool. Uh, he could make it like the XFL, try mm-hmm. and spice it up a bit. We could right. get Dick Ebersol in to do the TV. It would be great. I honestly think we're like weeks away from uh, herbal life being on the sleeve. <laughs> Jesus, I think don't joke. Yeah, don't no, joke. we're that close. We are we that are, close. You know, if Herbalife had pitched up with like 200 grand, I reckon last year they would have got it. Mm-hmm. Um, all the players having to come out after the match and saying, as you can see, um, Herbalife <laughs> products were like, well, you know, Avon would be a good one as well, wouldn't they? Yeah. Like, can you imagine a post-match interview? They're like, Ryan, a fantastic display today, and I must say that your skin's looking great. Well, thank yeah. you very much for that look. Um, mm-hmm. It's because of this black velvet uh, moisturizer, which mm-hmm. tones and, and removes any problems from your oily T-spot. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, they're, they're just so bad. The, the clubs will get less money from the sponsorship deal than Neil Doncaster earns a year. Yeah. Now, come on. <laughs> how, how is that possible? Yeah, um, you know what? Ronco is the next one. We can we can get the set it and forget it on the sleeve. Yeah. That we haven't heard from him in a while, so he might Frank be dead. Ronco. That may be why. Uh, Dougie, who is the most Canadian bear name I've I've uh, I've heard in a while. <laughs> what would you prefer to have? A neck like Joe Hart or the obvious issues James Forrest has? Yes, that one. I would have to go. I'd rather have a, an elongated neck than no neck at all. Yes. Because I'm a firm believer that it's better to have something and not need it than need it and not have it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. Uh, and having a longer neck would actually be better for me at concerts so I can just see a little bit above the people that are in that, front of me. That's true. He really does look like Roger Melly, the man on the telly from Viz, though. Um, Joe Because <laughs> <laughs> his, his head doesn't go out. Most people's head go out a little bit right. from you know from the throat upwards. His is just a straight line right to the top. Yeah. the uh, it kind, kind of like E.T. when he was doing the elongation. Yes. Kind of like halfway through. Yes. Yeah. Um, Graham 55, uh, do you think that the three of you are fitter than the Celtic squad this season? Mm -hmm. And why do you reckon they allowed Turnbull to double up his fitness coach? This is, you know, nobody's explained to us, right? So we, we genuinely don't, there may be a reason that we don't know about David Turnbull in particular, but for a 23 year old footballer who did cost three and a half million pounds, incidentally, you know, this is not some random mm-hmm. to, to just completely die on on his arse after 70 minutes every single match right. is bizarre 33 34 year olds you get it miles mm-hmm. on the clock you know he's he's been through the ring and all of that that happens we get it uh, Darshville was the famous one wasn't he, he only yeah 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 uh, the UEFA Cup final for us but I, I don't get it and and the thing is you know collectively we were watching 
we had such a good laugh about it on Saturday night, didn't we? <laughs> but mm-hmm. I was watching that game and then, you know, 70 minutes, it was almost like somebody had pressed a button because just all of us at Hearts who hadn't been out their own half for the last hour just dominate the game and, yeah. and in the end up, you know, they, they get the goal. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't think there's ever any... A football team can be bad. It can have bad... A professional football team can have bad players and it can have bad tactics. It can have a bad manager and all of that. That happens. We know that. But I don't think there's ever any excuse for a professional football side not to be fit. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I get beginning a season, you're getting people together again, especially if you've got international players that have been in a tournament. Yeah, over the, over the summer, right? So then they definitely don't get as much rest time as and recuperation as, as they need. But uh, the other end of that, they should still be limber at this point. So at least they, you know they, they, they you know the muscle memory is is not uh, as as far away. They should. I I get being tired. I completely get. I'm tired now, and I do nothing. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> But yeah, there is no excuse for someone coming in. Uh, you know, they 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 increased um, substitutes for a reason over uh, you know over the lockdown. You know, be, because of the concentration of matches they need to do to to complete leagues and the like. So yeah. I I completely understand. And 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 Celtic should have. They have had nine years of dawdling. That oh, they yeah. could have had a fully rotatable squad, and they don't. Right. We there was a the, um you may have seen the the tweet that I retweeted that someone had 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 taken a look at the depth chart not that it helped us on uh, yesterday yeah. but the 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 depth of uh pl- of playing roster that we have and we have a two full four three threes that in most situations are playable mm-hmm. and that's where you need to be and it's staggering that they're not they're not even close to that no and and. It's it, you know the, the the signing James McCarthy, who great start that came up yesterday, mm-hmm. has played less minutes in the last five seasons than Callum McGregor played last season. <laughs> you know is 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 not going to is not going to do an awful lot for that. But hey, they they've made all these mistakes, and the problem is you get away with mistakes when you're on top. You do mm-hmm. yes at at the time, but. They all come home to roost, and and then once it hits, you know, Tottenham are a good uh, are a good example of that. Tottenham, of course, you know, not that long ago are in a Champions League final. Let's not forget, and you know, qualifying for the Champions League regularly, but underneath the surface of that are all these problems that they'd ignored, and then of course the following season they all show up at once, and now you know they've even got their. You know, he was he not the last player Harry Kane that you would have expected to pull the "I'm not going sell me" routine. Right. Yeah. I I, I don't know why. Maybe you know, cause we say this. You know, we I think that that we appreciate that sometimes we view footballers as two dimensional characters. We don't know them. We don't mm-hmm. know what they're like. We don't know their lives. But there was just something about Harry Kane that he just didn't seem that type of of player. Right. Um, he also like, and this was pointed out to me as as we were watching the Euros. Of all the players on that team, he looked the most English. Like the, <laughs> as soon as soon as like like you know when you look at some teams, you go and you look at the nation, you go, okay, that player looks stereotypically what I would think is representative of that country. And as soon as you see Harry Kane, you go, oh yeah, he's English. There's no question. Um, 
One thing I did notice about the game yesterday, I don't know if, if, if this struck you, but this definitely hit me as they were doing crowd shots in Malmo. Yeah. Um, every single person to a person that I saw looked like, given a particular context, would be in a lineup to get into a comic book store. <laughs> There'd be some reason, like you'd see, like, oh, that guy is lining up for Bobblehead Day. That guy is here for the Punisher. That guy is here for, uh, oh, that that's a Black Widow right there. And you just, like, every single one of them, just, like, at some point, there would be some promotion going on at a comic book store they would be queuing up for. There there was, you know, and John Dal Thomason was a player that I really admired, um, you know, back in back in the day. Played, of course, Feyenoord, Newcastle, mm. AC Milan. You know, he was a, yep. a fabulous yep. footballer. But he's got a very slappable face. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. There's, you know, and it's a shame. It's it's not it's not his fault. Um, wonderful talent. I'm sure a lovely man, good with kids, helps the homeless, all of that kind of thought. Mm-hmm. But but very slappable face, yes. Yep. Um, yep. and last night he did like a sarcastic smile to the fourth official mm-hmm. uh, at one point, and I wanted to punch him. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next question, and I have been waiting all week for this. This. Go on. This question, as soon as I saw it, I went, ah, this is a good one. Jordan Spears. Uh, favorite shit movie? Mine's the classic that is Starship Troopers. Oh, I love Starship Troopers. Oh, Jordan, you're so close with mine. But, uh, David, what, what, do you, what do you got? Well, the problem is, is that most of my favorite movies are fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Because I've got, you know, really appalling taste and... And so I've got perfect, absolutely perfect, flawless music taste. God gave mm. me that, right? Mm-hmm. And and yes, my my flawless musical taste does mean I'm better than you. Right? <laughs> I am that guy. Okay, I am oh, that guy. Oh, I love but, it when you turn into four pints me. Yeah, that. I know, it, but it's it's true, right? God gifted me this. It's perfect. It's flawless. My radar is outstanding. Um, it just is. Okay, I can't help it. It's a gift. But in return, he gave me the music taste of a drug-addled four-year-old who's just hit his head rather severely. Um, <laughs> I I know little about cinema. What I do know, I'm fucking terrible at. I'm a really bad judge of mm-hmm. everything. And yeah, a lot of the movies I I really genuinely love are shit. Um, for example, the, I don't think there are many people that regularly watch Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Mm-hmm. But I do. Right. Yeah, I love that movie. Uh-huh. Um, it's got Richard Lewis in it. Yeah. 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 Sure. Uh, he's, the, he's the king, is he? Or, yes. Uh, yeah. And, and he's absolutely brilliant because he's Richard Lewis, damn it, and his hair is magnificent. You know, mm-hmm. you, you we might think we're cool, but we'll never be Richard Lewis 1994 cool. Yes. Um, any uh, here's here's my other thing too. Like as as much as you want to show in that movie, um, I will take anything that Richard Lewis does and just frame it. Yeah. Because um, he's brilliant. Yeah. He is. Like like he's in um, leaving Las Vegas for thirty seconds, and it's some of the best thirty seconds in that entire best movie. Best part. Best yeah. part of the whole movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Nicolas Cage. He's a good guy to bring in in terms of just terrible movies. Face Off. Is a bit of a guilty pleasure. Oh, Christ, isn't that great? What a horrendously awful film it is. Yes. But, you know, it, it's the old, are you not entertained bit yeah. at the end of it. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 that, yeah. It passes that test. I also like um, Cool Lies, the terrible Arnold yes. Schwarzenegger movie. 
Yes. Got Tom Arnold in it for fuck's sake. How can right. it be good? Although it does have Jamie Lee Curtis in her underwear. Mm-hmm. Right. That'll uh, save a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> and uh, as my girlfriend at the time was freaked out about airplanes that hover. Yes. I mean, yes. a hovering airplane. It's so, yeah. it's so... Also, it's got like five endings. Yeah. Because they clearly thought, right, let's you know, bang for our buck here, lads. It's got like five endings. And they could finish that, that film a good 40 minutes before, and they don't. Um but no, I'm afraid I've got to to hold my hand up to to finding it quite entertaining. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably my favourite, and I'm not sure it does. Co- yeah, it does. It's rubbish, but so probably my favourite are a Stallone one two, Demolition Man, and uh, Judge Dredd. I always identify those two films together. I think they came out quite quite close together, right. and they're both fucking awful. Yes. They are, uh, okay, so here's mine, and this is why I've been waiting for it, because this this is a very special movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it is everything that is Pacific Rim. Oh, my goodness. It is overacted, overaffected, overwritten, yep. overdirected, over everything, and I am over the fucking moon every time <laughs> I watch it. Um Backstory on this is um, my uh, after soon after we got married, my wife um, had to go on a business trip uh, to uh, Sully Hall because that's where the the her um, her clients were, and so she was like in, in Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, just oh, outside wow. Birmingham. Yeah. yeah, lovely part of the world. So um, as much as she says, like our our honeymoon was actually uh, Portugal and Spain, I go, no, our first trip together as a couple was Sully Hall. We honeymooned <laughs> in Sully Hall. So she worked during the day. And so I had nothing to do. So I would just like walk around Sully Hall. And like one day I found myself into the, uh, you know, the 2 p.m. matinee of Pacific Rim, watched it by myself. And holy mother of fuck, I think I watched it twice that week because it was just so astounding. First of all, it's got Charlie uh, Hallam in it. Who? And this is my first exposure to him. I know he was in uh, he was he was in Sons of Anarchy, and I had watched Sons of Anarchy after this. And I'm watching Charlie, you know, kind of do his strut through the thing, and I'm like, okay, this guy is the over the top, um, you know, Top Gun style, uh, you know, character that he's playing. And uh, then I saw him in Sons of Anarchy. I went, oh, that's just how he fucking acts. That's all he does. He's not actually an actor. He's a very handsome ironing board. Yes. Um, Yes. That that was what put me off Sons of Anarchy. Right. I loved all the rest of them. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. Katie Segal, a a heroine of mine because of, obviously, um, Married with Kids and then Mm -hmm. Married with Children, sorry, and Mm -hmm. Futurama. She's brilliant. She's absolutely brilliant. Um, as Hellboy is is fantastic in it. it it's it's mm-hmm. great, but then these scuzzy bikers, you know, these bad bastards, in walks a fucking surf surf dude, and right. they're all in awe of him. And I'm like, uh-huh. shoot the casting lady, right? Yeah. Terrible, <laughs> terrible decision. No, no, no. Look, they, they would all be in awe of him. Why? The guy is wetter than a lettuce that's been run under a tap. Yes. Um. But he, he, but you can't beat big explosive things where people are chew, literally chewing the scenery. Those, yes. you know, 
Yeah, that uh, Armageddon. Have you ever seen the 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 Ben the Ben Affleck commentary of this? No. Oh right, right. Immediately, everyone after this, go away and see. I think it's online anyway. But if you can't buy the DVD, right, put it on Armageddon. Terrible, terrible movie. Um, and put on the Ben Affleck uh commentary. I think he's stoned on it but what what he definitely is is incredibly incredibly honest so for instance it comes to the scene where you know the 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 president says uh it's we can't you know we 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 can't get astronauts to drill but we can train drillers to be astronauts and ben affleck says says, i turn around to the director and say that's just stupid and he's like uh, (laughs) No, I said, go with it, go with it. He was like, why, why is it stupid? He said, astronauts, it's the, you know, one of the hardest jobs in the world, the right stuff. We all know to be an astronaut, you get put through any, everything. They can't learn how to do fucking drilling, but guys who drill can learn how to be an astronaut. Yeah. And the director just shouted at him, shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> and he just sits and shits all over the movie for the entire, like at points he bursts out laughing and goes, how fucking stupid is this? Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's wonderful. I, I, I recommend it, folks. It will just increase your your you know enjoy mm-hmm. and a, a totally different side to, to see i'm never quite sure with with ben affleck which which way to go with him because you know he can be a bit dickish and there's all you know benefit right. stuff and all that kind of shit mm-hmm. but then he wasn't jane silent bob strikes back you know and right. he, he wasn't mole rats and he clearly has a sense of humor about himself mm-hmm. so yeah he's a tough one to yeah to, but he's brilliant on this yeah the so a couple of things going back to ron perlman i cannot stand ron perlman he's great in hellboy that's it um there is that moment at the very end of i think season six of uh like the final season of uh sons of anarchy where he blows up in the prison and mm-hmm. i'm like oh it only took six seasons for him to finally fucking act um <laughs> he's he is just a tree that that says a line or two once in a while um and um in terms of commentary if you ever watch jerry seinfeld's comedian and uh watch it with the commentary on it's him and um uh oh irish guy did weekend update um oh uh, yeah uh, colin quinn it's him and colin quinn basically shitting on orny adams without him being there it's fucking amazing just fucking amazing um, right, folks. Yeah. Uh, I'm afraid, Todd, we've we've come to the end of the line. Um, mm-hmm. and we've been been shameless, but <laughs> we've held the floor as best we could. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I am now starting to worry that we'll be making all these jokes and something has happened to him. But right. uh, we'll find out, and we'll let you know. Keep you know, he's at off void o f v o i d, and and hopefully we'll all hear from him soon. Todd, mm-hmm. where can they catch all your stuff? Uh, they can go to heyitstva.com. I've got uh, some dates coming up uh, online and live, so uh, keep an eye out there. Fantastic. Thank you for joining us, folks. We'll be back next week, hopefully as a threesome. But uh, until then, have a good week. Bye-bye. Some people call me the space cowboy. Yeah. That was a Heart and Hand production. 